Welcome to Dare a New Belief, a place to discover what is possible for your life after the loss of a loved one, and where you will find inspiration, insight, support, and love, and hopefully a bit of laughter to help you through your day. Now, here's your host, Nada Hogan. Welcome to Dare a New Belief, where you will find light and life, love and joy, healing, faith, and hope a place where you get to believe in what is possible for your life. And on today's show, I have the great honor to have Katie Elliott back with me again as we roll into part two. So if you missed part one, please go back and listen to that. That was just last week. Please go back and listen to that because Katie's story um, from from a massive breakdown in 2016 that completely set her life in a different trajectory that is so empowering. You'll want to hear that. And just a quick recap of who Katie is. Katie is the host of Adventures in Behavior Change podcast. She is also a successful author, artist, musician, and the creator of, I want to say Amy Cole, but that's not right. How do you say it, Katie? (laughs) Well, I say Amico, but I don't know how to say it properly. <laughs> Amico cards, which means friend. And, and so it's, a, it's such a beautiful name of the Amico cards. She is also the creative mind behind Little Challenges, where she uses ideas, inspiration, and practical tools to help make the messy business of being human just a little bit easier. When uh, Katie had a life-changing breakdown in 2016, and she started to teach herself how to have a happier, healthier, more productive life, and within four months, in four months, I love that, it wasn't 16 more years, it was four months, that's how powerful this human spirit is. And in four months, she no longer qualified for any mental health diagnosis for the first time in her adult life, and she has remained well ever since. Katie, thank you so very much for being with us and the listeners. Again, I am so very grateful. Oh, it's a pleasure. Ah, well, I have to tell you. So a couple of things. So from our first conversation, a couple of things. When you said your sons now are 16, I believe you said 16 and 18. And I thought, you know what? That's another thing. I don't need, and you don't need to reveal your age, but you look so young to me that I thought, wait, 16, when, when you said kids, I was thinking infants, like two and four <laughs> years old, not 16 and 18 Oh, I love old. you even more now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so true. And, and I was on your website looking all over. I have all kinds of different pictures of you and videos of you. And it's like, yeah, wait, what? 16 and 18? That's not correct. So, <laughs> so, so you look wonderful in that. And not that that's part of all of this, except that because you were in such a dark place. And people think that when you're in such a dark place, you can never come out of it, or it's always going to be part of me. And it's going to, you're going to see it on me. And, and I never knew this part of you until this conversation um, Katie, when I met you in Florida a little over a year ago, it, to me, you're just such a such a beacon of health. You look so vibrant and alive and wonderful. I never I never knew any part of this story where um, you 
almost took your life or attempted to take your life and had a nervous breakdown in 2016. And from that part on, everything in your life changed. So this is where I want to pick up. So listeners, please go back and listen to part one so you understand the full gist of this. So before we get into what's going on now, you also said when you were young that you, um, when you were 12 years old, the, the mental health, you felt so different than others. And, and, I, and you're so right because you said this too. I think we all feel like we're so different, but nobody ever tells us that that feeling that you're feeling is so very normal. This is just how everybody feels. We just feel like we're so alone and separated from everything and everybody. Um, but you would have breakdowns as a teenager and have to leave school, like have gaps in, in schooling because you were having some mental health struggles. And I thought... God, like, how was that for you? I don't know, but you went to school in England and, and I don't know how it is here, but it just, I mean, how it would be there, but I'm comparing it to the States and it just seems like in the little town that I grew up in, that people just would be looking at you like, the hell is wrong with you? Mm -hmm. Like, now it's even worse because, God, like I have, I'm struggling with this and now people are even looking at me like I'm completely <laughs> crazy like oh my god so can you talk about that a little bit before we move into this beautiful work that that you're doing now yeah absolutely I mean I, I think at that age I had my first breakdown when I was 12 um, at that age nobody knew what it was so I had a lot of physical symptoms I was having tummy aches and I lost a lot of weight and I would be very tired and lethargic and so I had loads of tests I had to keep going back to the doctor and the hospital and uh and and then one day the doctor just said to my mum well we can't find anything you know we think it's in her mind but in those days so that was let me think that was 1984 I was 12 and people did not well, certainly in my family, people didn't talk about your mental health. It just wasn't something that was even referred to, I suppose. Right. So it was kind of bewildering. And it it was really bewildering to me that I felt as though there was something very wrong with my body. Mm. Uh, but nobody seemed to be able to find anything. And now looking back, I can see that probably I had a lot of psychosomatic symptoms. So I was very anxious and I was really struggling to fit in socially. And I was I was also just trying to uh, trying to find my place in the world, trying to figure out a lot of things. I, as I said uh, last week, I was someone who lived in my head a lot. So I was always analyzing things yeah. and probably was thinking in a way that maybe was a bit unusual for a 12 year old to be quite so analytical and ruminative. Um, but it didn't make sense to me. I didn't know what was wrong with me. And it was very frightening. And I could see that my parents were really worried and it was having quite an impact on the rest of the family. And I, I absorbed quite a sense of guilt, I suppose, because I wasn't well, but I apparently was making myself ill and I didn't know how I was doing it. So that, that sowed a seed of not trusting myself, which went on to cause a lot more problems, actually. And the work I do now it's very much based on the idea that it's important for us to learn how to listen to ourselves and to trust what we know to be true on the inside, rather than constantly looking outside of ourselves for someone to tell us who we are, what we need. So learning to build that sense of checking in with oneself 
and having respect for that knowing is is very important and that's something that I really try to encourage in all of the work that I do because I know what it's like not to do that and I know where you can end up as a result. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Because you have a profound story with that. My gosh. So along with having this conversation with yourself, when you sat down at the computer, um, this was the weekend of your son's birthday, <clears throat> excuse me, and you sat down at the computer and you started to um, have this conversation where it was just coming, it was coming up. You were just typing this. It's like, I don't even know where this is coming mm -hmm. from, but you, but you realized that um, this was just a part of yourself that was a kinder, much nicer, um, more compassionate part of yourself. And through that, I would that's the part that got you on on the path. And these, I think you said 13 months, maybe it was 13 months, 14 months. Um, and then you stopped, you just stopped the writing because because then you knew, I mean, this is all part of your journey. And I guess this is what I'm asking you. Like, what what were some of the the most helpful things that you learned during your recovery and tapping into this part of you. I know I can't help it, Katie, man. I know I have this interview with you and I am just all enthralled with this because <laughs> this, it is so, if, if everybody knew that, that this part of us is always in there, there's this super loving us that's inside of us and it's just love it's just love and it wants absolutely the best for us and sometimes it takes the hardest knocks in the world for us to be able to connect with it i know that's what happened with me it, it took us so many hard knocks i'm a hard slow learner to begin with but it's it's so profound that if everybody just knew that how life would be so much simpler. And I know that that's what you, you're doing with, with your business and the cards and the things that you do. So I won't interrupt anymore. I'm so excited. Can you share that part with, you know, the things that helped you, the most helpful things that you learned during your recovery? Well, that writing process, which, which I came upon completely accidentally, yeah. that was one of the most helpful things because it it set me on a path of self-compassion, which was completely new. And I've looked into it subsequently, and there's lots of evidence actually that people are, are much wiser than they realize. So they we, we know that you know we know from research that people tend to give their friends much better advice than they give themselves. Yeah. But if you're able to give your friend a good advice, it shows that it's in there. So the difficulty often is that there's something obscuring it or obstructing it from getting through. And that was the case with me. So I found that the writing process was it was a way of kind of tricking my mind, I suppose, so that I could get at the good stuff that at other times I would hear coming out of my mouth, mouth when I was talking to somebody else. But I'd never heard pointed towards me, if you like. So that was a useful device. And I think people have their own ways of accessing that wise inner self. I'm, I'm, I would never suggest that writing is the only way to do it, because I think we're wonderfully creative and we're all very different and, and people will find their own way of getting there. But for me, uh, I still can't explain how it is that that began. 
uh, and I can't explain how it is. Sometimes I would sit down and start writing about a problem I had no idea how to solve. And then I would literally just type out an answer that made complete sense that I'd had no access to beforehand. It it still oh. amuses me, but it, it I have such respect for that now. And I, I, I genuinely believe that we we can all find ways of accessing that inner wisdom because it is there. It's just finding your own route to it, really. So that that self-compassion was hugely important. Another thing I think that I really needed to learn was that if you want to change how you're behaving, it's not necessarily the case that you have to throw out everything that went before and then in a big dramatic gesture replace it with a whole load of new stuff you know I, I think I was very all or nothing in my thinking things were either terrible or they were wonderful and 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 when I was recovering from my breakdown there was a huge temptation to just turn away from everything that I was everything that I had been try and reinvent myself totally but a, a big piece of learning for me was that making little changes in your life and sort of becoming an experimenter, becoming a, a scientist, if you like, yeah. of your own experience. So to try something and then to, to try it for a little while and then see what happens and observe and maybe maybe record it in some way by talking about it or by writing it down or whatever you want to do. Kind of getting to know yourself by making small changes and, and then perhaps keeping the ones that you like and discarding the ones that don't really work for you and becoming a bit playful and experimental and, and quite light with that process of seeing how you can change and, and exploring what's possible for you. That that was a big thing because I, I think I had always seen things in terms of needing to be big and impressive and important. I was very invested in looking like I was doing important things mm. and and particularly you know after after coming out of the hospital I felt like I needed to look like I was doing big important things because I had so much I felt I needed to atone for if you like but actually it was the really really small things the learning how to get enough sleep uh, the learning to get regular exercise the learning how to forgive myself the learning how to um, just enjoy the moment, all the little gifts, you know, that, that drop yeah. into your day, <laughs> all those, all those beautiful moments that I think I had been so busy trying to do important things. I, I just hadn't been paying attention. So I have a real respect for, for small things now in a way that I never did before. Yes. And I would imagine that that is the little challenges project. That's how the little challenges project yeah. was born. Correct. Yes. Yes. That's, that's where it came from. It was that piece of learning that making small changes and actually sustaining them rather than doing the thing of just changing everything, doing it for a week or two weeks and then getting despondent and going back to how you were before about trying to do things in very tiny, manageable, sustainable ways. Yeah. That's that's where that project began. And it's it's kind of evolved over the last few years, but that was the starting point. Oh, I just love it. And I know you have to love synchronicities, do you? Oh, I do, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
So I was just talking with my branding manager and we were exactly talking about this is doing these small changes that are, and, and the little ones, just the little ones, because those are the ones that they don't have to be these ginormous things because we end up setting ourselves up for failure so many times because we think we can do it and then we can't. And then it's like, oh, instead of just doing that little stuff, then we just stop. And we go back to how we did it before. And then we find ourselves in that same spot and never making progress. So just this whole thing about the little challenges and exactly how you explain it was so ding, ding, ding. I call those God curtsies when there's one of those synchronistic <laughs> moments. There's just this God curtsy. And so thank you. Thank you. Oh, lovely. <laughs> oh, yes. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. So, so, um, I'm, that's why you started the Little Challenges Project, correct? It is, yes. Okay. And then, and then from there, is that how did the cards come into play? Because I looked at your cards, and and they are phenomenal. They're phenomenal. It's like how genius. So how did that idea come up? And these are the Amico Amico cards. Am I saying that's that right? right? The Amico cards. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So how did those come about? Well, what happened was through the Little Challenges Project, I I set about trying to identify some really small things that could make quite a big difference in one's life. Uh, because I knew that some small changes had made disproportionately huge changes in terms of my quality of life and my experience of being here. So I thought it would be interesting to try and figure out what those things were and also, I, I like to look at the research and see what we know about human beings and how they respond to certain things. I, I like to kind of try and ground it in a bit of behavioral science if I can. So I set about researching these things. And I also started up my own podcast, which is called Adventures in Behavior Change. And at the end of each episode of the podcast, I ask my guests for the day if they can suggest a little challenge, which is something that people at home can try that takes no more than 10 minutes, um, but that can have a surprisingly big benefit, I suppose. Yeah. And what I was noticing was that the same sorts of ideas kept cropping up. So lots of people would suggest a little challenge that involved going out in nature or maybe getting your body moving or maybe remembering to drink some water, or maybe to reach out and have a conversation with someone, or maybe to notice things you were grateful for, or to do a kind thing, or to write down everything that's on your mind, or there were all these things that I knew had been helpful for me. Uh, and lots of other people were saying, yes, these things are really helpful for me too. So it occurred to me to start keeping track of what they were. And I wrote them down and I realized there were quite a lot of them. And I looked to see which ones had evidence backing up the fact that they were helpful. And I realized that I had, you know, 50 or so. <laughs> and for some reason, I started writing them down on just on cards uh, because I thought, well, these things could be quite handy for me uh, in moments where maybe I'm not feeling at my best. So I work from home and I, I can I get really absorbed in my work. And it's quite easy for me to forget to do basic things that are important for my well-being, like drinking water or, you know, just getting up and moving around. So I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll write them down on these index cards. And then if I notice that maybe my mood is dropping a bit or my energy levels are dropping or I don't know, I'm just not feeling great. 
I'll look through these and they'll remind me of the things that can be helpful. Because one thing I do know about myself is that when I get um, when I get to a place where I'm not feeling great, even though I spend my entire life studying this kind of material, so I know quite a lot about it, I can never remember what's helpful in that moment. Mm. It's like I, I'm just I just have a blind spot and I can't I can't remember what would be a good idea. I don't know why that is, but it was something that I noticed happening time and time again. And it would take someone else to say to me something like, you know, have you actually eaten today? <laughs> so um, so I thought what I need to do is I need to remind myself. So I started writing these things down on the cards and checking in with myself. And I found them really helpful. And from there, I came up with the idea of turning it into a pack of playing cards that you could actually play games with. But uh, cards which had just a, a visual symbol that represented those activities that we know from research and from our own experience can really help us to get back on track again. And that's what Amico cards are. They're, it's a bit like having a friend with you who just nudges you and says, do you think it might be a good idea to <laughs> whatever it might be? Um, so that's why they're, they're called Amico, because it means friend. Yes. Oh, I just love that. And I think you said something about having a friend in your back pocket. You could just carry these cards in your back pocket. It's like, oh, that is so perfect. Because how many times have we said that? I just wish that I could pull a friend out of my back pocket and <laughs> sit down and tell me it's all going to be okay. And that's exactly what the cards do. Because once you start, because I got to look over, I didn't see the whole entire deck, but I got to look over those. And when it, it's exactly what a friend would tell you to do, you know, get up and walk, move, move your body, drink some water you know, or take a nap, whatever that thing is, it's going to be self-compassion and healing and helpful for you. And it's just so genius. It's so genius. I, I am just in love with it. So I know that I will be ordering cards. I know that positively for sure. So and I understand that, that you have, so the Amico site goes, you have an Amico site that also goes along with the cards and that if that's a free site, is that correct or no? Yes, absolutely. So I wanted to be able to collect information relating to each card about the research, about TED Talks, videos, podcasts, whatever it was. But I wanted the cards themselves to be really, really simple so that even if you're not feeling great and you don't want to read lots of stuff, you can just look at the pictures and check in with yourself and think, would this help right now? So I didn't want to clutter them up with information. So what I've done is I've created a website and there's a page for every single card in the deck. And if you go onto the website, you can find out the latest research, articles, whatever it might be that you want to find out, inspiration, things to try relating to every one of the cards. Wow. I love that. And what I love, I love so many things about the cards, but one of the things that I totally love, because I love research, I love science-based. And when you know that you know, this is advice that's been researched, or, you know, or an idea that has been researched and is proven to work. Somehow that just touches a different part of us where we take it with more, it's, it's weightier. There's a, there's a validity to it instead of somebody just saying, oh, you know, if you just get a drink of water, you'll start feeling a little bit better. It's like, you know, but this is what the research is saying. If you move your body or if you have some water or you know, whatever it is to, to change the, the behavior that's going on in you and to have that, because it's a lot of work to do all of the research. So it's like, you've mm -hmm. got the whole package going here. It's, it's so phenomenal. I just absolutely adore it. I love it. I love those cards. And I know that we're going to be wrapping this up again. It's like I'm in a time warp. I can't stand it. <laughs> um, so 
as we're starting to bring this in for a landing, can you can you tell me and the listeners how is life so different for you now, and what impact does that have for you? It's so different because I am so glad and grateful to be here, and I never ever thought I could feel like this. So. If there was one thing I'd really love to share, it's that no matter how terrible things feel, <laughs> there is hope that they can feel better again. And I, I would guess that you probably have had that experience too, yeah. of thinking that things, you know, you just can't bear how bad things are. And yeah. yet on the other side of that, somewhere, the other side of the brokenness and the pain is something so much more beautiful than you could ever ever have imagined yes and if if you don't believe that if there's a listener out there that just doesn't believe that if you can just hang on and find the sources and that's why the work that katie does is so empowering and so beautiful and her podcast so you get to go and listen to her podcast all of that will be in the show notes um, but i can tell you the name of her podcast quickly or maybe katie you might need to tell it <laughs> I have to find it, it in my notes here again. It's called Adventures in Behavior Change, and you can find it in all the usual podcast places. Okay, perfect, perfect. Yes, because when there's enough people saying that, that the dark night of the soul does not have to be the end of it, that it can literally be the catalyst to the best life. I'm assuming this is the best life you've ever lived in, in all of your years. So from 2016 forward, that these last four years are the best years that you have lived, it makes it all worth it. It makes it all worth it. And oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I just, I'm so, mm, I, I'm giving you the biggest energetic hug. So I hope that you can breathe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I, I am in such a, a state of gratitude. Um, I feel like I'm not even in my chair right now. Um, Katie, I want to thank you so much for being here. And I know that you, um, uh, when we wrapped up our first podcast, in case somebody didn't hear the information on where they can go to receive a free gift, can you share that with us now? And then I'll put that in the show notes also. But if you could share that with us, that would be fabulous. Yes, of course. So there's a special a special free gift just for listeners to this show. Uh, you can find it at littlechallenges.com slash dare, D-A-R-E. Uh, and that's an A to Z of resilience. So it's lots of ideas relating to how to be more resilient and how to feel happier and healthier. There are lots of other free things on the website. And also there's the Amico website where you can find lots of information around behavior change and well-being. So I hope you'll take a look. Yes, yes. Oh, and I highly recommend that you do because it is packed full in a beautifully designed way. It's so easy to navigate, but you have so much information in there. I, I was just blown away. I had no idea that your website had so much information. And it is, I will be referring people to your website all of the time. And I just... Um, I would love to have you back again. And Katie, we may have to just sit down and, and think about a time to, to um, <laughs> have you come back and, and talk a little bit more about some more stuff because I didn't ask even a third of the questions that I wanted to ask you. But um, you've been such a delight and I'm so honored to have you. And I just want to thank you again for your 
your authenticity, your openness, your sharing, um, and, and your courage to change everything in 2016 and to show up to life completely differently because you absolutely are impacting and changing other people's lives because of what you went through. So thank you so very much for being here with me. Thank you. It's an absolute privilege. Thank you. Oh, I just adore you. Thank you so much. And for all of the listeners, all of Katie's information, how to contact her, her website, email, everything will be on the show notes. So please don't worry about that. It will all be there. Um, many blessings to all of the listeners and to you, Katie. And just know there's always something beautiful on the other side. And thank you so much for being one of those beautiful things, Katie. Much love mm -hmm. to you. And to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for spending time with us today. Please go to nadahogan.com for show notes and other information you can use right away. If you like what you heard here, please subscribe to our show. And don't forget to rate and review right there on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your shows. And don't forget to tell your friends about it. We'll see you next week.